Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Pirkei Avot. Today I chose the fourth chapter, fourth Mishnah, Mishnah Dalid in Perik Dalid. Rebi Levitas Ishyavne Omer, Me'od, me'od, heve shval ruach, shetikvat enosh rima. Rebi Yohanan Omer, kola mechalel shem shamayim baseter, nefra'in mimenu bagalui. Echad shogeg, ve'echad mezid bechilul Hashem. Mishnah says that Rabbi Levitas, from the town of Yavne, had a statement that he would say, Me'od, me'od, ruach. Be very, very humble. Why? Shetikvat enosh rima. Because what do we all have to look forward to in the future? Worms. Rabbi Yohanan Omer, Rabbi Yohanan says, Anyone who disgraces the name of Hashem in hidden, in uh, hidden, right? private, he will, his sin will be exposed in public. It doesn't matter if it was a sin that was done inadvertently or intentionally. When it comes to Chilul Hashem, his sin will be made public. That's what the Mishnah says, face value. Okay, so who is the Bilavitas? It's a very strange name. Um, and uh, the Gwana says that his name was really uh, Rabbi Levi. He was the head of the Sanhedrin. He was the, the Avbetin. So he was the top guy, uh, number one uh, Avbetin. And why was he called Rabbi Levitas if his name was really Rabbi Levi? So they say that because we know there are 70 judges on the Sanhedrin, he acted as if he was the lowest of the other 69. The word Samech Tet or Tav Samech or Tet Samech is the numerical value of 69. And therefore to be Levi treated himself like the lowest of the Tas, the other 69, even though he was actually the top. And obviously the idea is that if he's the one that really is the top of the chain, and he's telling us, Me'od, me'od, hevesh varuach, you should be very, very humble. Right? So, alachat kama v'chama, right? How much more so everybody else? In fact, the Gemara in, uh, in Chulin uh, talks about uh, people throughout history that have been given kavod, and what was their reaction? And how did they behave? And it goes through a list of both those that reacted properly and those that reacted improperly, starting with Abraham Avinu being obviously the one that reacted properly. Abraham was, you know, the one that Hashem chose to be the beginning of our nation. Avinu, Abraham. And uh, he says, what does he say? I'm just dirt, I'm dust, I'm nothing. Moshe and Haron were given Gdullah, obviously Moshe Rabbeinu, Haron HaKohen. Right? What do they say in the Pesukim when the Bnei Yisrael come to complain? They say, Nahnu ma, what are we? We're, we're nothing. David HaMelech, who chosen to be the king, who's there, the forefather of the Mashiach. What does he say about this kavod? I'm just a worm, I'm not a human, I'm, I'm nothing. Uh, but the Goyim, who are given kavod, are not that way. They are the opposite. When the Mirod was given Gidullah, what does he say? Tower of Bavel. Let's go climb up to the to Shamayim and, uh, and uh, battle Hashem. Paro, right? Who was the uh, ruler of the world basically at that time? Uh, what did he say? Who is this God that you want me to listen to? Who is he? I don't know who he is, right? Nevuchadnezzar was given also 
reign over the entire world. What does he, what did he say? He says, I'll climb up on the clouds and I will go and behave or I would be like a god. So we see that the, obviously the Gemara is comparing and contrasting proper versus improper reactions to, to being given kavod. There is kavod in this world. People are not all the same. People are at different levels. And there's a reason why people are on different levels because everybody has their own test. And whatever the test is, for some people the test is, a, is an issue of kavod. And some people it's other things. And whatever it is, you know, who's given whatever they've been given, they need to realize that, that it's just that. It's that. It's not a, it's, it's a gift. It's not you that created any of that, that actions. That, that you deserve the kavod. Whatever you have was given to you by Hashem. You know, guy who uh, who goes around and he bought, so he borrows his friend's, uh, you know, I don't know, Lamborghini, right? He's driving down Ocean Avenue, his Lamborghini, and he's flaunting and honking and everything. It's not yours. <laughs> you think you're great? Well, it's not yours. Everything we have in this world was given to us by Hashem. So Hashem gave it to us because we have a test. We have to do something with that property, with that money, with that kavod, with that chokhmah. Whatever gift you've been given is just that. So how, kavod for what? There's no kavod. Me'od, me'od hevesh falruah. So one time, the uh, Rashbet says, following Mashal, he says there was a king that um, he wanted to uh, get some advice. So he calls over one of the smartest people that he has in his kingdom. And uh, he asks him, do me a favor, tell me what, you know, uh, what, what were you dealing with when I called you? What were you doing? So the guy says, you know, I was thinking... I was sitting in my chair and I was thinking and I was wondering. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, the, the earth that we're on is the world that we're on is a small little, you know, ball compared to all the stars and all the sun and the moon and everything that's up in the sky. And in the whole world that we're living on, most of it is uninhabited. The very small portion is actually inhabited. And in the area, there are mountains and valleys and water and river, right? And fields and, and, all, and, and vineyards. And even in the, in the inhabited areas, there are areas that are uninhabited, right? And, and what am I? I? I live on one country and one little place. I live in a small town, right? In a city, in a country, right? And well, what am I in my one little town? I'm such a small little piece. If that's all I am in this world... Right, that's really nothing. So how much, how small am I? You know, vis-a-vis -vis Hashem. I, I, what should I? What should I have kavod for? What? We, we we're a speck, you know. And uh, sometimes we tend to forget. We think we're high and mighty. We think well, it's great. You look what I did. Look what I did. We didn't do nothing. Yes, yes. You you put in the efforts, but your your efforts bore fruits because Hashem decided that they should bore, they should bear fruits. So so that's because because that you deserve kavod. The Rambam writes, you know, when it comes to Hilchot Teot, he writes that, uh, you know, a person is certain, uh, most of the character traits, it's good to walk the center line. Not too much to one side, not too much to the other side. There's a few that he says you need to be extreme. One of them is Kavod. The other one is anger. But he says Kavod, you need to be so far away from Kavod. Okay, that you, that you, the the ideal location is as far away as you can get, and that's why it says why Moshe Rabbeinu. It says Ve'ha'ish Moshe Anav Meod. Right? It didn't say uh, just Anav. It says Meod, as much as you can. So uh, they ask a question based on this Mishnah. So you know the Bilavitas is saying Meod Meod. Meaning what? I, I have to be more Anav than Moshe. 
Does it make sense? I mean, the Moshe's Torah says there was no person that was more uh, more anav, more humble than Moshe Rabbeinu. So why would he write in the Mishnah, me'od me'od ruach. You have to be very, 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 it's impossible. It says in the Torah that Moshe was the most humble ever. So how could it be that I have to be an obligation to be more humble? So he says, they say, look at the rest of the Pasuk. It says, V'ha'ish Moshe anav me'od mikol ha'adam asher al ha'adama. Why do I need that second half of the Pasuk that says he's mo- the most humble of all people that are on earth? First of all, of course people on, are, are on earth. Where are people? They're on the moon? Where are they? And what do you mean of all people on earth? And therefore, what they explain is that the obligation of the people on earth is our Mishnah, is me'od, me'od. And Moshe Rabbeinu is... Me'od, even more than Asher everybody else, even more so. It's not that we were, have a higher level, so that Moshe was even above the level of Me'od, Me'od. And if Moshe was, you know, who he was, this great, this great leader, right? How could it be? How could it be that Moshe was the most humble? I mean, think about what he, Moshe is going to talk to Hashem whenever Hashem wants him. He's calling Moshe. I mean, I, I mean, it's human nature. Moshe was still a human. He was not an angel. He was a human. He was someone that reached levels of angels. But but how? How could it be that when Hashem is calling on Moshe day and night, and all the people are coming to Moshe for advice, and everything is Moshe day and night, day and night, that Moshe could stay so humble? How is that possible? And the only possible answer is that Moshe realized what I said earlier, that everything is a, it's, it's a gift from Hashem. Hashem decided that Moshe is going to be the leader. And if it's a decision of Hashem, it's nothing to do with Moshe. Maybe he had, he had the right characteristic, the right character traits, the right person to carry out the job. But the fact that the job was given to him is ultimately Hashem. Therefore, what's to be, what's to be, what's to be haughty about? What's to be conceited? For what? Why? Because you, because you were, you know, you, Hashem allowed your business to succeed, and you made a lot of money. Baruch Hashem should happen all the time for everybody. Or because you know you learned a lot and you became really smart, and you, you know people are coming to you for advice. Or because you went to medical school and now you have all the answers to all the questions for people's medical issues. So, so that because Hashem allowed you to understand that medicine and know how to apply it, that gives you the right to be conceited. Absolutely not. Everything that we have is from Hashem. They tell a story about uh, Rav Akiva Eger and the Khatam Sofer. So Rabbi Akiva Eger had a daughter that was of uh, marriageable age. Somebody set up a shiduch for potentially who? The Khatam Sofer. So the Khatam Sofer sends a letter to Rav, to Rabbi Akiva Eger. He says, listen, I got this thing about your daughter. I, I don't know anything about her. And I, you know, I, I would like some, you know, some uh, advice or some, uh, you know, give me a little bit of information about her. So Rabbi Akiva Eger writes back to the Khatam Sofer. He says, my daughter is a beautiful girl, Yireh Shamayim. She, you know, he's praising her and praising her. And then he writes, but you know, I have to say that for sure you, such a Tamid Chacham, wants to fulfill all the, uh, the the that which is written in the Gemara and it says in the Gemara that yimkor adam kol that a person should you know make every effort he can even if it means selling all his assets to be able to marry the daughter of a talmid chacham 
And me, says Rabbi Kiva Eger, unfortunately have not been reached a level to be called Tamid Chacham. And he sends the letter to the Chatam Sofer. So the Chatam Sofer gets this letter, he starts reading it, and he says, he writes back to Rabbi Kiva Eger, and he says, uh, listen, Chacham, on that which you wrote about your daughter, I accept your, your, you know, your statements as if it was testified by a hundred witnesses. However, uh, my, my, my heart is bothering me from a different statement of Chachamim Gmaran Pesachim says, "Le'olam yimkor adam kol mashiyeshlo v'yasi bitto le'tamid chacham." And a person should sell everything that he owns, that he has, and 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 marry off his daughter to a tamid chacham. And I says the Chatam Sofer, I'm misupak. I'm not sure if I've reached the level of tamid chacham that you should allow your daughter to marry me. And he sends it back to Rav Kiva Eger. So each one of them, two giants of the world, Rav Kiva Eger and Chatam Sofer, each one saying they're not always to be a Tamil Chacham, to be called a Tamil Chacham, they're not allowed to marry the daughter. At the end, the guy who made the Shiduch called the two of them together, and Baruch Hashem, they ended up getting married. But just to see that the people that have come, you know what it comes to, I, I say this a lot, the more you learn, the more you realize how little you know. So it's not such a wonder that you see these giant Tamidei Chachamim behaving so humbly because they realize that the, the Torah is endless. It doesn't matter how much you learn, you will never learn it all. And, and it's, it's humbling. It's extremely humbling. It, it, you know, and, and that's why you see that these the people with Midot Tovot are, are really because they've, they've come to the realization that things in this world are a gift from Hashem. And whatever I've gotten is a gift, and there's so much more that I could do, and that doesn't allow you to become haughty. It just doesn't allow you. If you're thinking about it, and it's on your mind, it's not possible to become conceited. I tell a story of a chassid that, you know, he was uh, he used to give respect to everybody that he met. It didn't matter if the guy was older or younger or younger or older. It didn't matter. He was giving kavod to, to everybody. So they asked him, some people that you're giving kavod to, okay, we understand. They're greater, they're older. Some of them are younger, much younger than you. What, what, what is going through your mind? So he says, listen, when I see somebody that's old, I say to myself, wow, this guy is much older than me. Imagine how many more mitzvot he did than me. I must give him kavod. And when I see somebody who's young, I say, oh my gosh, this guy is so young. Imagine how many less avonot he did than me. He must have so many, so many less sins than I have, and therefore I give him respect. They say a person is created with two eyes. With one eye, you're supposed to look at the, your own weaknesses, and with the other eye, you're supposed to look at the, your friend's greatness. And unfortunately, sometimes we're cross-eyed. Right? We look with our eye at our own greatness, and then my other eye at my the other eye at my friend's weaknesses. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Me'od me'od hevesh falruach. Me'od me'od hevesh falruach. Should be as humble and humble as humble as possible. All right, the recording is already fifteen minutes, so um, so we'll, we'll, we'll speed up a little over here. So what? Why? Why again? At the end of the day, if I keep in the back of my mind that where am I ending up at the end of the day in the ground? So the worms are going to eat me for dinner. That's that's so I need to be conceited. I need to be humble. I need to be you know hashuv. So the second half of the Mishnah said that uh, you know someone who is mechalel shem shemayim baseter, they will pay back from him in galui. Someone who disgraces Hashem's 
um, you know, mitzvot or Hashem's kavod in private, he will be paid back in public. So two questions going on over here, because the Mishnah also said that uh, it makes no difference if it was shogeg or mezid. Now, obviously, that's a little bit hard to understand. We know the whole world is, is judged in a midah, kenegin midah, measure for measure. So how is it that if a person um, was mechalel shem shamayim in private, that he would be penalized in public? How could it be that if he did it inadvertently, it's the same punishment as if he did it uh, you know, he did it uh, So, so first of all, and number one, when it says that he was mechalel shem shemayim baseter, that's actually not true. That they wouldn't pay back if a person was solely alone, absolutely alone. So he's not going to be penalized in public for that because there was really no chilush Hashem in public, right? He, so he sinned with nobody around, just him and himself in the closet. He went inside and he made some kind of sin. So that's not what the Mishnah is talking about. What the Mishnah is referencing is a problem of arayot, uh, a situation where there's actually two people there where they sinned and they did have illicit relations, and it will be exposed in public. Because that is a Shem Shamaim, a Chilul Hashem in private, even though it's not necessarily private because it involves two people. That's the one that Mishnah is referencing that would be made public uh, and disgraced in public for Eshet Ish or any of the other um, you know, forbidden relations that are, that are in the Torah. And when it says the private that you get penalized for doing inadvertently um, and doing it intentionally, that means no. That what it means is that the sin will be exposed, both if it was done inadvertently or if it was done intentionally, but not that the punishment is the same. Chilul Hashem will be exposed regardless of how it was done inadvertently or intentionally, not that the sin, the pun, not the penalty will be the same. There will be obviously a person who did something by accident or by inadvertently cannot be penalized the same for someone who did it intentionally. Bezat Hashem will be very careful with all our actions and will keep in mind to always, always, always treat everybody properly because at the end of the day, everything we have is really just from Hashem. Have a wonderful day.